We all know that one key to getting start off right with chameleons is to get a healthy chameleon from the start. Today, I talk about how to make sure you get the best chameleon possible. Welcome to the Panther Chameleon Podcast. My name is Bill Strand, and I will be your guide through the life stages of the incredible Panther Chameleon. When you start off with anything, you're relying on the experience and goodwill of the people who are part of the community to make sure you don't get a sick or damaged chameleon. But we all know that there are many people out there that are specifically looking for inexperienced people to swindle. Unfortunately, even in the chameleon community. I was shocked when I was getting one of my first panther chameleons many decades ago to have been sold a chameleon that would die within 24 hours. A little experience later, and I realized that it was so obviously on its last legs that I was unquestionably swindled by someone who was one of the most visible people in the chameleon community at the time. You know, the kind of person you would think would take pride in building the community? With this lack of morals coupled with some people selling chameleons that just don't know any better, you see how it pays to be able to run through your own tests to determine which chameleon to come home with. And that is exactly what we're going to cover today. First of all, let's go over the most common scenario. And this is where you purchase a baby remotely from a breeder. In this case, you have to trust the breeder because it's easy to doctor up photos or take them from the best angle. And you need to take your research into potential breeders seriously. I had an entire episode on finding the right breeder, but for the sake of this being a complete episode... I will remind you that there are breeders who are good breeders, but bad people. There are breeders that have low prices or flashy pictures, but are unscrupulous business people. Beware of falling in love with a picture of the sire, that's the father of the baby you are buying, so much that you forget to listen to podcasts where the breeder is interviewed, watch how they conduct themselves on social media, and just generally see how they are involved with the community. Because they are going to be the ones to pick the baby for you so you need to make sure you trust them. When you select a baby, you'll generally see the father and a picture of the baby. The father gives you a general idea of what the baby may look like. How close the baby colors will be depends on what the female genetics bring to the table. Ask for the lineage and take a look at the bloodlines that went into making the baby you are thinking about. Then realize that all this research gives you a basic idea as to what the baby might look like. Each baby is different, and so will not look exactly like the father. When you purchase a chameleon remotely, you need to do your physical check when you receive the chameleon. I have seen many different things being sent out, and it might surprise you what some people have received. So, here's a checklist, and it's a good idea to familiarize yourself with what makes a healthy chameleon. Most physical damage you can see right out of the box, but internal damage or sickness will take a couple of days. To start the physical inspection, put your chameleon on a thin stick. This allows the chameleon to comfortably climb and walk. And when I say thin stick, I mean thin with respect to your new juvenile chameleon. The stick should be the width to where they can get their feet halfway around to all the way around the stick. This is so they show you how they walk at their most comfortable. Our first test is to watch them scamper across that stick. You're looking for a firm grip and a confident walk. You want your chameleon to easily hold its body up from the stick, and the gait seems confident. 
A chameleon with metabolic bone disease, which is a lack of calcium, will have weak legs that will bow or not be able to handle the body weight. Next, check each foot and tail for any breaks or sprains. This is much more common in wild-caught chameleons that have been pulled from their bushes, but it can happen anywhere. If a foot is held limp, that's a sign that something is not good. And check the tail for a break, which will show itself as a straight-out tail and then suddenly the end drops down, or is black or limp. You then want to look in the mouth to make sure there's no swelling along the gum lines. This is a sign of stomatitis, or mouth rot, which is a bacterial infection, which is common when there is damage and bacteria start growing out of hand. And finally, you may see things like bite marks, which are gray horseshoe-type shapes along the back or head. These, in addition to nipped tails, are common artifacts when babies are raised together. The bite marks usually go away in a couple of sheds, but you have to make sure any cohabitation damage has healed. You may see a gray splotchy area, which could be healed burn marks. These will not go away with sheds. If you see anything off that I just talked about, especially if there are open wounds, you need to report it to the breeder, and I suggest doing it via text or email. Do not have a phone conversation whose content can be recalled differently. I highly suggest you choose a breeder that individually raises their babies. The number of breeders doing this are increasing. This will produce the healthiest chameleon, and the reason why I strongly suggest you shop for a breeder based on their husbandry, and not just a picture of some very brightly colored male. Now, out of the box, your chameleon will be confused and hyped up on adrenaline. You need to put him in his cage and give him privacy. Then you need to watch for any lethargy or eyes closed during the day. And it never hurts to do a fecal exam just to be safe. Of course, if this is a wild-caught, then a fecal exam for parasites is the first thing you do as part of acclimation. And that is all if this is the first time you are seeing your chameleon once it is delivered to you. Here are your do's and don'ts of getting your chameleon remotely. Do communicate with the breeder, whether by phone or email or social media or whatever. Get to know them and their breeding philosophies. You are seeing if these are people you can click with and get help if you need it. And you are verifying that they are respected by the community. Do pick up your chameleon from the FedEx or UPS hub. The ride in the delivery truck to your front door with 30 stops beforehand is the most dangerous and risky part of the entire journey. I always pick up my chameleons directly from the hub. The hub is where the packages come in so they can be distributed amongst the delivery trucks. And you can specify that your package be left at the hub for you to come pick it up. No chameleon coming to me goes on the delivery truck. I always go to pick it up. And if your breeder refuses to ship to your door and requires you to pick it up from the hub, this is why. They care about their chameleon. And if your hub is an hour away, consider that your chameleon will be traveling that hour plus one way or another. Do you want it to be with a driver who has multiple stops along the way and does not know or care what is in the box? Or would you like it to travel in your air-conditioned car lovingly placed in a protected area? I know it's inconvenient to get off from work, but I'm hoping I don't have to explain why this is more important to go right than your order of microscope slides from Amazon. Take your kid out of school and make it a special bonding trip. Do wait until you get home to open the box. You want to wait until you get home because... You don't need to wake up the chameleon and then put him back in the box for the drive home. 
unless your breeder specifically in the terms and conditions requires a report at the hub, wait until you get home. That is the safest place to open the box. I know you are excited, but it's better for the chameleon to be able to go from the box directly into its new cage. And do be obsessed with the safety of your chameleon on the way home. The sun is a killer, and if it is shining through the window and is hitting the box that your chameleon is in, your chameleon is being heated even if you have the air conditioning on in the car. Make sure your chameleon is protected from the sun, even with all the turns your car makes and the different angles the sun can get into your car. Never leave your chameleon in the car while you make a quick stop for coffee or a bathroom break. Bring your chameleon in with you to ensure they do not get overheated. Obviously, this is more of a danger on sunny days, but I will err on the side of caution and just make a blanket simple statement to always be aware of what's happening to your chameleon in the box. But there are times when you'll be able to make a personal selection of a chameleon. Reptile shows and expos are all over, so there's a decent chance that there may be one in driving distance of you. And you'll find that this will be a gathering of the good, the bad, and the ugly. Many show promoters have started cracking down on the more disgusting elements in the community to avoid being labeled a meat market, but that varies from show to show, so you could easily see the most reputable breeder across the aisle from an importer that has chameleons crammed into sandwich containers stacked up on a table. There are many levels of quality at these shows, and you need to have your wits about you. To really make a visit to the reptile show productive, research the vendors that will be there. This way, you will know who is reputable before you are distracted by the display animals. And from experience, I can say to be prepared to be questioning yourself as to whether you truly want a little brown sliver of a juvenile captive-hatched chameleon when you compare it to the booth across the way that has these amazing-looking wild-caught adults. The answer is yes, you want that brown sliver. For all the reasons I continually go over in this podcast. Well started, captive-hatched, juvenile, chameleon from a reputable breeder. Chant that as you walk by the tempting eye candy at the reptile show. Don't get swayed by adult wildcots. If you are able to do the research, then you may have a good idea of who to talk to there. But if not, then you'll have to make some judgments when you are there. Whether pet store or reptile show, you can plant a red flag on the booth where chameleons are stuffed together in a single cage. Absolutely pass up any booth that is a cage full of wildcock chameleons. That is the meat market, and you don't want to be part of that. If you are planning to go and get a chameleon from a show, then make sure you have your setup all set up and functioning before you go to the show. Assuming that you will get the equipment at the show with your chameleon is a bad plan. You do not know what will be available at the show, and your chameleon will be the one that is suffering if you couldn't find the right cage there. So don't play that game. Now, one advantage of a reptile show is that you have the opportunity to do those physical check tests that we talked about before purchasing. So review that physical check we went over and make a list for yourself. And here are some do's and don'ts at a reptile show. Do research the vendors that will be there and have a general plan as to who you would buy from. You may not know all you need to know about chameleons, and you may be bringing your questions to talk with someone in person at the show. But you can definitely do a preliminary check to determine who's going that you can trust their answers. 
You don't have to know chameleons to be able to have a feel as to how reputable a vendor is. And once you know it's a vendor you can trust, you don't have to question what they're telling you as much. Do not shop on price. Oh, there are vendors that are looking for people just like this. They buy cheap so they can sell to you cheaper than the breeders. All they have to do is catch the eye of bargain hunters. Yes, you get that rush of dopamine that makes you feel like you beat the system and saved some money, but that's going to be the highlight of your experience. The chances are that you will have a very hard time contacting them after the show. And if you do end up getting a response, you're not going to get solid information from them. When you buy cheap, you are mostly on your own. Do shop on quality. In the chameleon world, we don't have a lot of price inflation. The price goes up depending upon the lineage and the age of the chameleon. Do not ask to hold the chameleon. If you are very serious about buying and you want to do a physical check, which you should, then ask for a stick that the chameleon can get on and show how they run. The booth owner should respect that. The problem is that if they let you hold the chameleon, then they've let other people hold the chameleon, and those people have been holding reptiles all around the show and exposing these chameleons to various pathogens picked up at other booths. Shows are a scary mixing ground of parasites, so anyone selling a captive hatched baby at a show will be very hesitant to allow holding. But they should have no problem allowing you to see the chameleon out of its cage running down a stick that they provide. That should give you all the physical visual inspection you need. Some people will want to hold the chameleon to see how they respond to humans. So, two things on this. First, remember that these chameleons are in a very strange place with sensory overload. Who knows what their behavior will end up being? They may be completely exhausted from dealing with other chameleons in their cage and seeing all these human faces in their business. Your chameleon may react completely different when at home. Second, if you're wanting to test how well the chameleon likes being handled, I would say to just pick another reptile or get a mammal that lives in social groups. Chameleons are not holding pets. The problem when you use this as a test as to which one has the best personality is that you may select a chameleon who is emotionally spent and physically exhausted or even sick because you misinterpret their passiveness as a positive. A healthy chameleon will defend itself against a big, scary, strange human. I personally look for the most spirited baby because I know that that is the one that is healthy enough to analyze their environment and actively take up space. They're the ones that are strong enough to stand their ground and let me know that they're not going to take my shenanigans. Yes, you may get lucky and find a sweet one. But just take into consideration that their personality may bloom forth after a couple of days in a much less stressful environment. And this is a good thing, but that personality may not be exactly what you are hoping for or expected. Do not feel like you have to come home with something. If the right chameleon isn't there, then rest assured there will be other times and the whole of the internet available to find the right one. The show is not a short window of opportunity. There are many, many chances, so do it when it's right. And do be obsessive with the safety of your chameleon on the way home. Wait, didn't we already go over this one? Yes, we did, and you get to hear it again. The reason why shows have signs by the exit talking about this is because it still happens way too often. 
and it's tricky. It's so easy to be comfortable in the car, not realizing that the sun is directly hitting the box in the back seat, and the greenhouse effect is making the box a dangerous place to be. Now, all of this that I'm saying about picking a chameleon from the Reptile Expo applies to getting one from a pet store. Do the branch walk test. Avoid wild caught. Research into who is selling the chameleon. The advantage of a pet shop owner over the reptile show is that the reptile shop wants you to be a repeat customer, so you will get more personalized attention, and they will, or should, treat you like someone they expect to see again. And the advantage of working with a breeder over any old retailer is that the breeder considers you buying one of their chameleons the start of the relationship, not the end. Getting your chameleon home from any of these places does not mean our evaluation is over. Whether your chameleon just took a trip with FedEx, went through the process of being imported, was part of the circus at a reptile show, or was in a pet store, they will now, when they get home, be able to settle in and recover. You should expect them to take a little bit of time to explore their new cage, but you're now keeping an eye out for how they are when the adrenaline is gone. Now they will not be covering up sickness, and so if you notice them closing their eyes during the day, you know something is up and may need medical attention. I always give new chameleons a day or two of privacy to settle in, but then I'm getting fecal checks done and watching them closely to make sure they are alert and not showing signs of discomfort with standard chameleon walking around. If you notice anything, then communicate with the breeder or vendor. Do this in email so there's a written record. If you choose wisely, you will have a breeder who will be working with you all the way to ensure your chameleon is healthy. And if things just aren't going well, they might even send you a return label if it's determined that the chameleon needs to go back to the breeder. If you bought from the guy with a cardboard sign and the cheapest chameleons, you're most likely not going to be getting that much support or service. These are all some basic guidelines for doing a high-level physical check of a chameleon you're considering buying. I mostly geared it to buying a captive hatch juvenile. If you're buying a wild-caught chameleon, the list grows much longer to include checking for external parasites, subcutaneous nematodes, eye damage, and the sorts of things wild-caught chameleons come in with. But wild-caught chameleons are a whole other ball of wax. Don't go down that route for your first time. I know there's a lot to learn when starting with chameleons. And when you start searching on the internet, it can get overwhelming with the onslaught of information. The Panther Chameleon Podcast was designed to be a refuge from that and to answer the basic questions at the beginner level. This podcast is designed to be listened to from episode one and forward, and it will answer the questions that naturally come up. When you feel like you'd like to explore more of the information out there, the Chameleon Academy has a number of options for you. Today, I'd like to introduce you to the Chameleon Academy Journal, which is a digital magazine that comes out every other month. You can check it out by going to the chameleonacademy.com homepage, and it will guide you from there. I suggest getting yourself a cup of coffee, some time to relax, and just enjoy turning the pages of a picture-filled magazine devoted to chameleons. If you like what you see and want to be notified when the next issue comes out, then just sign up for the Chameleon Academy newsletter and you will get a notice in your email when the next issue is released into the wild. I hope this special podcast has been making you feel more and more confident in your preparation for becoming a Panther Chameleon Keeper. Thank you for being part of the Chameleon Academy community. It's always more fun with more people. My name is Bill Strand, and it's time for me to sign off. Check out that journal. 
and I'll see you next time. Thank you.